Good afternoon. This is Kim Leary here with Mike Wheeler, co-host of Agility at Work, One Step Ahead. That's not what we used to say. We've got this podcast where I'm focusing on agile negotiation and you're doing adaptive leadership. We thought being more explicit, agility at work in both senses of that phrase, um, comes closer to the bridge that connects what we do. That's right. You know, it also underscores that in leadership, at least adaptive leadership, it's less about the title and more about the activity of mobilizing people on behalf of a collective problem. So agility and action and activity, all are part of a piece. Good. And for a while, at least, we'll keep a subtitle so people don't get too confused, the subtitle of One Step Ahead. But if we're agile, we're, we hope we're dancing effectively with the people that we're dealing with. That's right, and being one step ahead. <laughs> yes. So we're going to be one step ahead in a moment, um, talking to my colleague, Christine Exley, who's done some very interesting work on the question of whether it pays off to lean in. Now, you've read uh, Cheryl Stamberg's books. I, I have, uh, both Lean In and uh, Option B. Yeah. And uh, Option B is some very wise advice about uh, loss and recovery. Because she lost her husband unexpectedly, as I recall. She did. And the book chronicles the very difficult, challenging path, but it's a story of how one can recover, oh. even in the face of great pain. So we're actually focused on the first volume, the Lean In, and the long, I don't even call it a debate, maybe this is going to cause a debate, the question of when and how women ought to negotiate and whether there may be some cost to leaning in. Mm -hmm. So um, let's welcome in Christine Exley. She's got some very interesting data to share with us. Right now, we say hello to my colleague, Christine Exley, who's come over from the Negotiation Organizations and Markets Unit. Great to have you here. It's a delight to be here. And this is the first time you've met Kim. Is that right, Kim? Yes, that's right. But uh -huh. I'm very excited that you're joining us this afternoon. Likewise. So I'm looking outside. It's a gray November day. There is um, <laughs> there are raindrops coming down the window. You came here from Stanford. That is true. What were you thinking? Well, <laughs> you know, you have to go where you get the job, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're delighted to have you. And I know you just finished teaching uh, the MBA negotiation course. And I hesitated there a little bit because I was going to say intense. But what you've done is taken a full semester course and jam it into a quarter. That is correct. And the purpose of doing that, why, why do you do it that way? So it, it was the first time I did it. I found that it worked really well with the negotiation class in particular uh, because it provided an opportunity for students to engage in an exercise and have the debrief about the exercise on the same day. Uh -huh. uh, often when you are talking about the negotiation exercise six days later, uh, some of the emotions and, and insights that are gleaned from it might be a bit muted. The, Kim, now you're in the middle of teaching a Teams course. That's how many, right. How many times a week does that meet? So we meet twice a week. At the Kennedy School, though, we teach in 75-minute blocks. And at the School of Public Health, 90-minute blocks. i got to tell you, I miss my 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I've done it both ways. And I understand the hot debrief kind of thing. I worried on the other side of the equation that there was less reflection and sync time. But 
Um, but congratulations on getting through it. Thank um, you. We have a bunch of things we want to talk about today, but you've gotten some notice on your work. Um, I don't know if you've heard from Cheryl Stamberg or not, but um, over the last several years, you've looked at, am I stating it correctly, the cost of leaning in for women? Yes, absolutely. So that's uh, one of one of the papers that was just recently published. I worked on this paper with my grad school advisor, Muriel Niederly, mm-hmm. along with uh, Lisa, Lisa Vesterlin. They're both uh, prominent uh, economists, gender scholars. I hope there's going to be some silver lining, but, but these, and let's, I was about to say, the results that are a little discouraging. Um, what did you find and how did you find it? Yeah, so there's certainly some some encouraging and some some results that you might see as as discouraging, but there, there's some good news in there as well. Uh, so the premise for this paper starts with us documenting or really confirming the fact that there is this widely held belief that women need to negotiate more often. Uh, if you ask individuals, do you think women need to negotiate more often, they say yes. If you ask the same question about men, they say no. Um, even if you try to get the extent to which individuals hold this belief by saying, are you willing to pay to prevent a woman uh, from avoiding negotiation? They'll say, yes, I will pay to ensure she is forced to negotiate. Uh, they don't say that to the same degree when you ask them, ask them about men. So that's a pretty deep-seated uh, belief around women in negotiation. Absolutely. And it's, and it's right in line with this uh, lean-in movement. Right? So I think in today's day and age, this idea that women don't negotiate enough, that we need to negotiate more perhaps to help close uh, the remaining part of the gender gap in pay uh, is really strongly held. So in light of that belief, we thought an interesting question for the literature is, is it the case that actually requiring women to negotiate more often would be to their financial benefit? Uh, you certainly can point to some anecdotal evidence uh, around this, but we wanted to look at this in a pretty controlled setting. So what we did is we ran a laboratory experiment involving uh, Stanford undergraduates. Later, we replicated our results involving University of Pittsburgh undergraduates. Uh, we also looked at this via online experiments. The first thing that we found um, is that when women choose to negotiate, they do quite well. And can, can you say more about what it means to choose to negotiate? How was the uh, experiment set up such yeah. that there was choice? Uh, so we matched students into pairs. Uh, one was assigned the role of the worker, and one was assigned the role of the firm. They both brought some amount of money to the table, which was based off of their productivity in a past task. Uh, So individuals who performed higher on a math task, for instance, brought more money to the table. And the question was, given that you both bring this amount of money to the table, it forms, let's say, a pie. How are you going to split the pie between the two of yourselves? So the worker was in the position where the worker could decide to take their outside option, which you can think of as a default split of the pie that we offer to them. They could take their outside option and be done and avoid a negotiation. Or the worker could say, I don't want to just take this outside option, this default that you gave me. I want to enter a negotiation with my counterpart, the firm, and see if I can reach a different agreement. Um, If they chose to enter that negotiation, uh, they were then given three minutes uh, to negotiate with their firm. They could negotiate in a couple of different ways. So one was via 
uh, instant chat messaging, like back in the day of AOL. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the other one was in a more formal um, back and forth. Here's a table. I'm going to put an offer on on you can accept or reject it by clicking a button, or you can put a counter offer on back and forth. So the offers were essentially the negotiation versus uh, conversation about what uh, right. offer would be made. Exactly. And only in this, uh, only the formal offers could be accepted. Uh, so only the offers that you formally put on this table could be accepted. But in the instant chat box, you could provide more color. Uh, to your offer and more justifications or reasons as to why you think Mm. you deserve more or less. Um, So what we found is that when women were in the position of being this worker and they could decide whether or not to enter this negotiation, uh, when they entered the negotiation, it was a pretty good idea. Uh, And why I say it was a pretty good idea is they secured more than what their outside option would have been or what the default would have been had they chosen not to negotiate. That being said, it still is the case that about a third of the women chose not to enter negotiations. Uh, so this is, again, pushing us towards this idea that when women negotiate in the setting we were looking at, they were doing quite well, but they're avoiding negotiations quite often. So of course, they should lean in. They should negotiate more often. Let me so, just hold on for a moment. Yeah. You say a third did not. They That's correct. They just took the default. Did you also have men in the sample to see if there's greater frequency there? Yeah, so it it's the case that men um, negotiate a little bit more often uh, than women in the setting that we were looking at. It's not a sizable difference. Uh, so I'll I'll give away one of the one of the spoilers is that by and large the men are going to look like the women uh, to a slightly less uh, extreme degree. Mm-hmm. So the men are a bit noisier, uh, are a little bit more random in everything they do. Uh, but putting that aside, You're the results... noise <laughs> in the data as opposed to shouting across the table? That is correct. Or both, maybe. They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> noise in the data, yes. Um, but the, but they're, you know, by and large, it, we're, we're going to get similar, similar results. The main gender difference uh, is going to be in these beliefs that individuals hold about mm-hmm. men and women. So, so we, so we now have this. Uh, so we now have this situation. Just to recap, where women are frequently not negotiating, but when they do negotiate, they do well. You might want to jump to this conclusion that we should just tell women to negotiate more often. But I think that's probably not what you're going to tell that's us. That's not what I'm going to tell you. You're good at predicting academics. Uh, so what we were able to do, since it was an experiment, is I was able to run a different a different set of experiments where. Workers don't have this option just to accept this default. Uh, the default's still there. They still know what the default was, but they're required to enter into these negotiations with their firms. We observed no evidence that women were ab- avoiding negotiations that would have been to their financial benefit. But it's a little bit worse than that, because what we do see is an increase in their losses. Put differently, it seems to be that the situations in which women were choosing to avoid negotiations were precisely the right situations to avoid the negotiation in the first place. What would the signal of that be? It was mostly, what was your default option? Uh Uh, In particular, what was your default option or your outside option relative to what you brought to the table? Uh, So as a negotiation expert, this should come as no surprise to you, Mike, Uh, but when individuals had a outside option that was less than what they brought to the table, 
they were in a pretty good negotiating position because they can enter a negotiation and they can say, look, I brought more to the table, mm -hmm. so I deserve more of the pie. Um, in those situations, it's a really good idea to enter the negotiation in our study. In those situations, women were already entering negotiations. Now, sometimes the outside option or the default was actually higher than what you brought to the, to the table. Uh, in those situations, women typically just said, okay, I'll, I'll take the outside option. This is great. It's more than what I brought to the table. When you require them to enter those negotiations, they actually end up with less. They give, give something away. They give the default away, basically, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So help us to understand what's going on in those scenarios. One of the main takeaways is uh, in, our, in our setting, which is quite stylized, um, what we see is that women are adept at assessing their outside option, assessing the, the probability uh, that they think they can do better than this outside option, and then making decisions accordingly. Uh, so in situations where it seems unlikely that you're gonna be able to secure more from a negotiation, women don't enter those negotiations, and they turn out to be accurate in doing that. Because when they're forced to enter those negotiations, uh, they, do, they do quite poorly. Now, I don't wanna ask you to go too far beyond your own home discipline, but is there a story about the psychology that's involved here? I think we eliminate a lot of the interesting psychological channels. Uh, I'll, say that, I'll say that for a few reasons. One is that women know precisely what they bring to the table. So we know that there can be a lot of gender differences that arise when it's more ambiguous in terms of what you bring to the table. That's when we can allow for the role of confidence uh, to influence results and things like this. Uh, two, these negotiations are done via these instant chat messages. Mm, that's right. As opposed to in person. And the reason that we're doing that is to mitigate any sort of image concerns. So to the extent that women uh, might fear backlash from negotiating too hard or just feel uncomfortable from negotiating too hard, we're mitigating a lot of those channels uh, that I think could lead uh, to, to different sets of results. We still have some time left. I'm curious, because um, it does seem to swim upstream against the conventional wisdom, what kind of pushback have you and your colleagues gotten on this? Yeah, so I think uh, some of the most common pushback we have received has not been intentional. Uh, but people have such a strong belief that women need to negotiate more often that there's actually been news articles where they cite us as evidence of women needing to negotiate more often, <laughs> uh, when indeed we find exactly the opposite. Uh, but it just goes to show this belief that we think, you know, all women under all situations with no nuance, they're the ones who need to be negotiating more often is just really widely held to the point that even when you're saying exactly the opposite, it can be difficult to get that message across. People can't even hear what you're saying. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, this goes back to women don't ask, right? And that's right. 15 years ago or whatever the, um, well, longer maybe, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, I mean, there's a whole stream of not only academic research, uh, but also popular press uh, related movements all around this premise that women don't ask, women don't negotiate enough. And in no way do I mean to dismiss any of that work. I think that is often the case, uh, or it often could be the case that that is true. What our work is really intended to shed a light on is just because women aren't asking doesn't mean that they would be better off that if they did ask. 
uh, that really to know whether they would be better off if they did ask, you need to observe that counterfactual. And our study would suggest that perhaps we've been a little bit too eager uh, to jump to the conclusion that clearly women would be better off asking or negotiating without actually observing some of that evidence. So here I'm venturing into something that I don't know, but to the extent I read some of these gender studies, some of them read as if women have to behave more like men. Men may be misbehaving. I mean, there's overconfidence, right? Um, have, now, is that you? Have you done some work on overconfidence that men have, or is that other people? Uh, I have not done too much work on overconfidence, but I have I have a little bit. So one of our colleagues, Katie Kaufman, certainly mm-hmm. has more work uh, in that space as well. Um, so I also can say even within our within our study, uh, so it's not the case that men are doing better in these negotiations than women. If anything, now it's not it's not huge or very significant, but if anything, women are doing a bit better than men. Uh, so even within our study, we could this is one of the more encouraging results. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it seems like women are being pretty wise in terms of which negotiations they choose to enter. Uh, men are perhaps, they're also being pretty wise, uh, but they're a little bit less wise. Yeah. So is there um, a point of advice that might come out of your work with the uh, appropriate qualifications about when to negotiate? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, it's a lot of what we also teach in our class. Uh, that you need to pay attention to your outside option, right? You need to know uh, what's your best alternative to your negotiated agreement. Your BATNA. Your BATNA. That should guide whether or not you should enter a negotiation. Um, And what that also means is it's not the case that you should always negotiate. And it's not the case that you should always negotiate just because you're a woman and you feel like you should always negotiate or other people are telling you you always should negotiate, that this is actually a decision that requires careful analysis about when to enter and when not to enter negotiations. I can't wait to share some of your work with my students as they're thinking about how they can negotiate on their teams and down the line when they're running teams themselves. Absolutely. This has been great, um, and it was nice of you to come over on a rainy day. Or did you come through the tunnels? No, I ran in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just so it's getting more so, so you might take the tunnel to get back. We're very close by, at least. But thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Christine. Of course. Thank you for having me. Let's remind people about how they can chat with us and with their fellow listeners on our Negotiation 360 website. Well, it's not just the chat that they can have with us and other listeners, but there are other resources uh, on the site. Um, You can find my Negotiation 360 self-assessment and best practice app. There are links to online courses, and we're putting up articles that you and I have written together and maybe some others as well. So there's lots of stuff on agile negotiation and adaptive leadership. Much of it is free. We've even simplified the URL for podcast listeners. Here's how to find us. Just key in the letter N, as in negotiation, and the numbers 360.expert. That's N360.expert, and you'll find us.